similar vein, I get very uh, concerned or afraid at those points of like, oh, I'm going to let this person down. <gasps> like they've created me as like, you're a great coach or you're such a good leadership person or you're, they don't say it that way. They can speak English <laughs> yeah. or you're super inspiring. You're such or, a great leadership person. <laughs> you're, yeah. Much leadership person. Oh, but, wow. What's it gonna, what's it gonna take? What's it gonna take for you to finally break up with your bullshit? Thing where you could do if you could only break up with your bullshit. Ah. Right, and now we have a sweet cold open. Uh, yeah, which is my preferred way of beginning anything. Uh, an ice cold. Ice. And then we'll we'll warm up as time goes on, yeah. maybe. We'll see. I've also been doing a thing on the podcast where I find an interesting clip from some point and then I start the recording or I start the upload with that clip and then my little song and then the episode. It's only audio, right? Like we can see the video, but other people can't. Oh, that's, that's yeah, great. I, I hang on to the video just in case I decide to do something at some point. But mm-hmm. most people I've been on with have been like, oh, good. I wasn't camera ready. So I'm like, fine. We'll just uh, but that. you and I, we show up camera ready. We do. It's just our professional kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not, not a concern yeah, for when us. I'm but... going to talk to you. I mean, you've actually, you tend to talk to me on days that are my day off, my Friday off. So yeah, I'm often quite piece. scrubby. But today I put on a shirt for you. Mm-hmm, I notice it's uh, aubergine. Is that what it's called? That's eggplant. That's the fancy way okay. for saying eggplant. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard, I was like, wait, I've heard that word. I've Googled that word. What does that word mean? I only know it because uh, Eaton's, the department store that once existed long ago, had a commercial where they were like trying to rebrand. And so that was the word they were using. Oh. Which, as you can imagine, led to their wild success. That's why everyone knows the name Eaton's now. It's become so popular. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have no, no idea what you're talking about. Exactly. So now. Um, but now hello, you, Adam. That word's there. Hello. Holy shit, that's a huge water bottle. Yeah, it's a half gallon. Damn. Well, there's nowhere I to get a... water in my office building, so I have to bring it with me. Uh-huh. Really? So that's your water for the day? Yeah. For as long as Bathroom? I can, yeah. Can you drink tap water there's... in Brooklyn or I, I'm not in, in Jersey, rather? Dude, sorry. wait. Yeah, yeah. I wait. know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, here we go. I'm in for it now. I'm what a, gonna, what a horrible right slip of the tongue to make. Edit that out. I can't believe it. I don't edit anything. Start start the podcast where I go edit that out. And then people will be <laughs> like, oh, man, I hope we're going to find out what that was. <laughs> Probably a horrible joke. <laughs> Probably. I don't drink the tap water here. No, I don't. I mean, you can. I don't think it tastes very good. So a gallon's four liters, right? Roughly. I think that's I about know. right. I don't know. I think that's about conversions. right. So that's a that's a good amount of water. Yeah, it's a good amount of water. I, I tend to not get through it, but I like having it with me just in case. Some days I get close. So I drink water like uh, I don't know if I've told you this, but like I learned to drink liquids as a way to like kind of calm myself a little bit. Really, There's a little bit of a coping strategy in that. Yeah, like because when I first started doing speaking, there was real comfort in having a bottle of water. Cause you could like pause, take a breath, drink water. And then there was like a thing you were doing instead of now I would just sit and breathe. Mm-hmm. And so 
that became that. And then drinking coffee was sort of like a way of stimulating myself. So that kind of alleviated the boredom. So it, it solved like two things. So I'm very reliable to drink a lot of water and to pee a lot. That's lovely. Mm -hmm, Do you feel that your bladder has expanded due to this practice? Mm -hmm. If you asked anyone around me, they'd say no. They're like, Adam's just always going to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So it's probably like an arms race. It probably is an expanded bladder, but then, (laughs) but no. Man, this is dynamite, hey? We could probably end the podcast here. This is a, a short one, but like potent for people extraordinarily potent yes (laughs) oh my goodness um adam when people when you meet people because look you've been on well i guess you're on my old podcast naked with Mm -hmm. clothes on which is not even anywhere anymore i removed it because i was like paying money just to host it and i I was Uh like no one's listening to this um but how do you introduce yourself when you meet people uh, you mean like, what do I just in general? Yeah. Hey, I'm Adam. Sweet. So yeah. Hey everyone, this is Adam. Yeah. He's a guy. That's, that's, that's great. Yeah. I'm a dude. Like for, <laughs> for a bio, bios always, I, I, maybe you have this too, where people are like, give me your bio. And then they read the bio and you're like, oh, those are nice words that I wrote about myself. Yeah. I hate it. Uh-huh. Me too. I could, you could tell them that I'm like an executive coach. And, uh, yeah. And then I used to be a lawyer. Sometimes people like to know that. And then I'm, a. I like pickleball and video games. I'm very good at video games. Those are, those are like, what are you playing right now? I'm really playing a lot of street fighter six. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That game's awesome. And then, uh, Baldur's gate three just came out, which I don't imagine you would be familiar Mm -hmm. with. So can I, Baldur's gate is like one of the first, uh, Dungeons and Dragons games that came out for like Windows back in the day. It was super awesome. And then it's been about 20 years since they've done a new one. And uh, so all of us that like, you know, are old and of the Oregon Trail generation have been like waiting forever. So it just came out. I it did been play in... Oregon Trail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know about dying from dysentery and stuff mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. What a way to go. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Dys- dysentery and cholera. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, so those are the, I, I mean, I think people have a pretty well-rounded picture of me at this point. Just yeah, given... <laughs> for sure. I was thinking though, I was thinking about how um, we met uh, through at an accomplishment coaching leader retreat and we had both yes. just been promoted to leader in training. And so we were like the new kids at the table and, yes. uh, and I met you randomly when you just you like wandered into a room where I was doing some work or I was setting up the room or something and I was just like who's this clown yeah because you told me the first thing I said when I came in our friend Brian was there and I said whoa there's too much handsome in this room oh yeah I forgot about <laughs> I mean Brian Conlin very handsome very handsome yeah let's be clear uh-huh if you're watching on video I've just put up a photo of Brian Conlin he's very beautiful nice to look at yeah, that's right. That that's um your next tier as you get to look at the handsome people in Michelle's life. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, what do you say? I mean about me? How yeah, yeah. you can myself? finish your story, but yeah, I want to know what you say to people. I mean, whatever. We're gonna tell so many stories and all of mine have tons of branches and little other branches off of those branches and they don't really coalesce necessarily. Uh Sweet. what do I say to people? I was actually just talking to somebody about this. I, I just talked to a, a graduate 
of AC that I, I trained years ago. And, um, and we decided, she and I decided on that call that I, I need to be introducing myself as a musician first. Mm, Interesting. Like my next era is owning, owning that I'm a songwriter, vocalist, performer, as well as a coach. Cause Uh it's been coach who also does music. And what if it was a musician who also does coaching? So musician is the thing you want to lead with. That's like the, yeah. pro- the, the biggest one. It feels good. Uh-huh. I think like it just feels, she said it. And you know, sometimes people say things or suggest something that you might do and you got, you get kind of stuck energy in your body when you hear it. Yes. I had the exact opposite experience. She said it. And I, I sort of felt like a, like a door to a new place opened up in a video game. Like, uh-huh. It's like you freed what's... yourself a bit or felt some yeah. freedom. Yeah. What's in there? I'm a little scared because there's like some light that's bouncing off the cave wall. Like what, what is, what is that? That green yeah. light go toward it. I remember when like you and I talked about this a while back, cause there was this thing that exists in a lot of the coaching profession, especially early on where people are like, well, how do I, what do I tell people what I do? No one knows what coaching is, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we were talking about how quite popular is to like tell a story or people make these crazy, like I'm a blah, 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 laser ninja quantum coach. Right. And you said, <clears throat> which I quite liked, you said, Oh, I just tell them I'm a coach and then like, see what, happens life coach, all, though i use the phrase i actually use, life use coach, the, yeah. the dreaded phrase uh-huh yeah so and then you were like you know and sometimes they'll have like an expression on their face and i'll just say what's that expression about tell me more yeah. about it and i feel like that used to be more of a thing for me these days i'd just be like oh yeah i'm a coach and then wait to like you said but like there's less energy around it on the whole and often it's just like oh cool and then we yeah, move 10 on. years ago, 12 years ago, it was more taboo or less understood. And you had to uh-huh. be with a lot of people's stuff around it. Yes, totally. There's still some of my stuff. Like sometimes I want to be like, but don't worry, I'm really successful. Or don't worry. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not like one of those. I'm not weird. It's yeah. not that I think I'm weird. It's that you, other people might think <laughs> that I'm weird. So I'm just going to speak preemptively. It's not, honestly not my stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just trying to manage everyone's experience. I, I think That's right, right. I think part of the reason that I went with just saying I'm a life coach and then seeing what happens is because of all of the different reactions I had been getting from people and just going, okay, well, I don't really want to I don't want to swim upstream here. Why don't I just go with what's happening? And it also would cut the bullshit out of the conversation because they would just get right to whatever their opinion is. And it doesn't have to mean anything about me. Uh Uh-huh. And you're modeling, you're modeling the work, which is just stating what's so without any like pretense Mm -hmm. or fluff around it. And then being with however, like, Hey, it's all good. However you show up, I can be with all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I can, I, Uh I think, uh, just in the realm of thinking about things each other have said that have stayed with us, uh, you at some point were telling me about either a coaching call or a larger meeting you were facilitating with lots of people and you had asked a question and no one was saying anything. And huh. you said, well, now you're all going to get to witness my astonishing ability to be with <laughs> silence. 
here we go. And I think I took that and did that exact thing the next time. <laughs> and I do it when I do corporate facilitation, which is every month at some point. And I'm like, yeah. if you guys think that you're going to just sit here on mute and I'm going to start talking again, you're incorrect. So, uh-huh. you know, if you want to sit in silence, we can. Here we go. This was the one moment where I'm going to break the awkward silence for you guys by addressing the fact that I'm no longer going to break the awkward silence for you. Yes. Off we go. Yep. Because then after that, every time it happens, I just smile. Mm-hmm. And then one of them, one of the people, there'll be someone, I do these ones that are three days in a row for three hours each with the same people. And, yeah. uh, and there'll be like a few usual suspects that always come off mute and share. And the best ones are when those people start going, Laura, what do you, what do you think? I want to hear from you. They start calling on each other. That's my favorite. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's great because then the group is generating itself. Right. Uh Uh-huh. Just so much better than me pulling everyone along. And sometimes I tell them that. Sometimes I'm like, hey, I could sit here and call names like I'm a kindergarten teacher, but you're all grown adults, right? So how about you just talk? I like to set a context for people that, that, um, like, because people come to these events to learn leadership, right? Mm -hmm. Ostensibly. And so one of the contexts I like to set is like, look, leadership is about venturing forward when you don't know the answer, when you don't have it figured out, when you're not sure, when you're pretty sure you've got it wrong, you know, all of that stuff. Mm. And so the first place you can actually practice instead of think about leadership is in these moments by like volunteering something, putting something forward and being willing to like fall on your your face because that's leadership. And then so then people have like a more empowering reason rather than just like this guy doesn't care about how awkward this feels. So I better fucking say something. Right. And then now they have a better reason to, to lean forward. I love that. Yeah. When uh-huh. I can actually, when I can actually invoke leadership as the context, if, because I do a few different kinds of trainings and one of them is not leadership focused and the other one is. So uh-huh. the one that's not, and the one that's not leadership focused, people have been told to do it. They have been uh-huh. told to do it mostly, you know, I yeah. think, the managers all have great intentions to enroll their team in it or their people. But when it comes down to it at a lot of corporate things, they got an email that said, you must sign up for this. And then they did. And they have no idea what it is. And I know, cause as soon as I get on the call with them, I go, please raise your hand. If you know what this is. Uh-huh. And I get maybe one out of 15 people that raise their hand. What, so what is the context for that? If not leadership, uh, better communication on teams. So leveraging, leveraging uh the talent on your team by deepening relationship mm. that's so funny because that's totally leadership i know it is but, I I know. They wouldn't, but uh... here's the other thing even even the one that i do that's leadership focused the people will come on and i have to set the context for them that leader doesn't mean title uh-huh yes leader is a way of being so i want you to i have to be like i want you to all consider that you are leaders uh-huh regardless of your title. And it's funny because they'll have direct reports and they still don't relate to themselves as a leader because they're not uh-huh. a VP or a whatever. And I don't uh, have the confidence. I haven't gotten there yet soon. Yeah. In three more days, then I'll be leader or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and I also suggest to them that they can be leaders in their personal lives and everywhere rather than letting everything happen to them and letting other people dictate how things go. And it's, occasionally uh, most of the time it's the first time they've heard that in their life yeah 
Does that land? Like I imagine that would for some often, yeah, sometimes. Depends. I, I I really like it when there's a random person on the call who has read a lot of leadership books or um, like you would think that would be annoying, but it's actually really helpful because they, they have some anchoring <laughs> in the concept and they can kind of bring their team along like, oh, yeah, this uh-huh. thing. Just be they're kind of in the room. They're kind of committed to it like from the outset, like obviously they've got some juice in the game that they're like already right. reading about that. They care enough to practice clearly because they weren't assigned uh-huh. the books by work. They just thought, okay, I'm in a position where I have direct reports. Maybe I should like learn something. Uh-huh. Train I myself. do like, it can be annoying too. When, when people are like, mm, well, I appreciate what you're saying, Michelle, but actually I think leadership is, and then they're, it's fine. They're doing what they're doing. They're like parroting what they've read. And it's like, yeah, yeah that's what the standard mainstream approach to leadership <laughs> works. That's why you have probably zero experience of powerful leadership. Right. They're, it's they're not that there. there's not enough books around this subject. That's not right. the thing. And that's just us. It's a step. I, I was trying to tell someone about that the other day that like the, I think everyone has their foray into personal development that looks mostly like watching videos and reading books before you begin engaging in relationships that are powerful and that end up training you Uh in various ways of how to, how you are and how to be, how you want to be. But there's that stage, that initial stage where you're just devouring all the information that you possibly can. I kind of miss that stage a little bit. I do too, because like, I have very I have a lot of books, Adam, that I'm not reading. Like I'm same. I have a hard time. I've just stopped. Like I mm-hmm. I don't generally pick those books up anymore because I find, and perhaps you have too, like as as you deepen in this work, it stops being like, oh yeah, the leadership's in here. It's not to say I know all the answers, but like the thing to discover lies within. And so I can read a book and that might help a bit, but a lot of it makes me want to throw the book across the room. You know, where it's just like, oh, so-and-so showed up late. And the person said, you know, if you're not early, then you're late or whatever. And then the person's chronic lateness was solved. And you're like, screw off. (laughs) This is such nonsense. You know how my chronic lateness got solved? By someone Mm -hmm. getting pissed off at me. Oh, yeah? Sarah Olin. One time? Lovely and powerful. Uh, I think she got mad a lot, but there was this one time that... She literally looked at me, scoffed, and then walked away. <laughs> That's so her. <laughs> <laughs> I think I acknowledged her for this a few months ago when we were on the phone. Uh, she, I was just like, you know, it's funny, but the fact that you were willing to get mad and be like disgusted by me for being late mm-hmm. and leaving all the work to you uh, changed my life. Mm. Because I cared about her, not because it was like a strategy. Okay, great. All you leaders listening to this, make sure you scoff at people and, you know, whatever. Yes. It was that we had a relationship. We were working together for a long time. We knew each other well. And I had a pattern of showing up, I don't know, X number of minutes late, however late it was. Maybe it was 20 minutes. So in in accomplishment coaching in-person program land, that meant that the people who were there were setting up all kinds of in-person stuff at the table without me. Uh-huh. Help. And that sucks. So she was mad. And then we talked through it and she owned her reaction and I owned my lateness. And uh, 
I'm sure it wasn't a magic pill where I was literally never late again in my life, but I never, after that, I didn't relate to my getting ready and my timeliness in the same way after that. I I looked at it very differently. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. So I imagine part of what happened there was like, you got present to the impact of how you were showing up instead of just like, I know, I know, I know I suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like actually, well, hold on. I got to this is impacting other people. And and like you had that, this is the thing I find often gets missed because we get this stuff in a 360 review. And at that point, it just exists in our intellectual thinking about it. Oh, I know I do that. As opposed to in the moment having to be confronted with like, here's your impact right now. Face it, be with it. That's tough. Yeah, we stood in a circle. Cause you know how you would like set up the room and then you kind of get in the huddle to, to yes. like, let's all just connect and be with each other for a sec before you open the doors and move to the next thing. And I just remember it was very clear there was something going on between us. So someone else, and I think I turned to someone else and was like, you got to facilitate this conversation because we're in it. Like we were the two people who might facilitate it, but like we were in it. So someone else had to kind of, and, um, and we both cried, you know, Mm. it's like, this was actually, this seems like not a big deal being late. Oh, it's okay. That kind of thing. But it, yeah, like she, it, it had a trigger for her. It had a trigger for me, um, and we worked through it. And this is why when I when I do see posts and things on the internet that are like, learning is relational. We learn in relationship. We don't go off yes. by ourselves and learn about stuff. I'm always a big fan of the that message, and I and because I've lived it, and I hope other people live it too and really get that learning is relational. Uh huh. That's well. That's where books miss the mark because <clears throat> I can read the book entirely on my own. Right. And of course I'm going to read the book through my, like everything that I read in the book will be filtered through my blind spot. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to stop that no matter how well the book is written. Whereas in a relationship, you can't, you can still do that. Right. Like I can be like, Oh, Sarah's just showing up this way. Cause she had a bad day. I can, I can do what my ego wants to do, which is dismiss what I'm getting as feedback by making it about the person giving the feedback. But inside structures like the one you're talking about, we're really, um, it's a structure that supports us to set that aside, that really human reaction. Yeah. You just brought to mind something I've been thinking about. I started writing it as a stand-up bit, uh, but I was just thinking about (laughs) how when my husband offers me something that he sees and I immediately dismiss it, uh-huh. how stupid that is <laughs> to do. Not that I have to believe him because that, that was my old MO. I would just be like, what? Oh, right. okay. And I think I swung my pendulum in the other direction of, I need to protect myself from this asshole because he's telling me how I am all the time. Um, and the in-between is this is a person I've known for over 14 years we've been dating, we were together and then married. And so we've been like a couple for 14 years and we knew each other even before that. So this is somebody who's had front row seat to me for Uh a long time. And if he actually notices something and feels called to say it out loud, I better fucking listen. Yes. What I pay someone to be that person. I pay my coach, but she don't have the same front row seat. Uh Uh-huh. And it's not like she does, she sees plenty and she's very, you know, she's in there. But I just, uh, I, I thought about how often I immediately dismiss what he's about to say and, 
or even verbally go, okay, you can tell me, but I'm not going to listen. Right. And just that's like throwing money down the toilet. Uh-huh. Hard to do though. Do you find, I find that like really hard to, because with my coach, she's not really, she's doing so much work to not, um, be in the space with me, so to speak. Yeah. Whereas with Bay and I we're we're in the water with each other. Yeah. So like the extent to which I'm pulling us down is the extent to which she's trying to like pull us up and bypass, or we'd probably be the other way around maybe in a relationship, but like, so it's hard, it's a lot harder to just be like, Oh, the feedback this person's giving me is pure gold because so much of their stuff is wrapped up in it too. Well, and that's the thing I used to just relate to it as pure gold or, uh-huh. I mean, maybe we need to make a distinction here between pure gold and, um, being correct. Cause it's not that mm. he's correct. Uh huh. It's just, it's feedback. It's information. It's, I can be interested in it and curious about, wow, what has someone this close to me say that? And what's my reaction? And look, I, I think in, after I, I had I had a few conversations with him in, in the last, just in the last week that he said was very direct with me and, and a bit abrasive. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> and I just kind of listened and didn't defend myself because I was like, he's not attacking me. Uh, and he, and afterwards I can kind of bring in the grains of salt and just go, well, yeah. Like part, I have to take that. I have to take that with a grain of salt because some of what he's saying is his stuff, and I can see that. And there's a nugget of truth; otherwise, it wouldn't be irking me. Uh huh. Yeah, this is the heart of leadership. Is is our because I see this a lot where um people stay safe from feedback that's hard to receive by being like, "Well, that's their stuff," or "That's their shit." Is usually how they word it, and. And then their highest sort of principle for, for leadership in that moment is like, um, I'm sovereign. I don't have to like read the comments on YouTube, so to speak, you know, and like, that's okay. That's, that's growth over the first stage you mentioned where we're just like swept away. No matter anytime anyone's like, you suck. We're like, Oh, and then we don't produce for like four months because we're just devastated by it. But I think, what you're speaking to is like, there's this higher level we go to where we, um, we can, we can hold like, okay, plenty of this is their stuff, but there's, like you said, there's gold in this for me and I got to do some generating to find that gold. And I also have to set aside my defensiveness yeah, and sort of hold it. Like how they brought this to me wasn't artful and was laden with their own stuff, but there's still something for me to listen to here. If I'm really committed to continuing to elevate myself. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and because I know that I function better when I'm around people who are being honest. And if the people around me are trying to be honest and I'm being defensive, I'm training them to start lying to me. Yeah, totally. Me. It's crazy it's, being a human. It's wild, man. I just, I want, it, it's crazy how the thing you want is the thing you somehow bat away every single time. It, it <laughs> yes. Yes, Totally. <laughs> Well, and and we have a capacity too, you know, that's the thing I'm always learning to work with. It's like, sometimes I, I'm, I'm always going to be resistant to when I get feedback, but sometimes I'm actually just not willing either. 
Right. And when and I'm not willing, it. it's like, yeah, I'm like, oh, I there's there might be gold in this for me, but right now I'm just not willing to look for it. And that's a way more powerful place I think to stand than there's no gold here for me. Yeah. At least then I'm bringing it back to me. I'm like, no, there's there's something there. I could take a look. I could I could take that on board and learn something from it. But right now I don't have the capacity to do so. Mark used to do that with me sometimes uh, when we'd be when we were leading programs together. Um, we'd go go and have lunch and and maybe and I would try my hand at reflecting some stuff. So for those who don't know, Mark Hunter uh, is another another coach in our world and uh, one of my best friends and he's awesome, a, not the he's amazing and so not the easiest person to give feedback to, especially because and he will he will cop to this. He has a very strong disagree. Uh-huh. And so his immediate thing is disagree or agree, but like, you know, either way, it's the same thing. Yeah. And I just remember a few times when I said something pretty risky to him that was very obvious to me and everyone, but not to him. And, uh, and he said to me, I don't see that right now. And I, I want to see it. And I, let me just sit with it. And within hours, came back to be like, I got it. I figured it. I, I totally see what you're saying. Uh, and he would have like a post-it note with, and he, with, with bulleted points of what he noticed because he's a little Virgo and hilariously like has to organize everything. Um, <laughs> yeah. He would like come back and thank me for saying it. And, and so I learned with him, it takes X amount of time before he's going to hear me. And it, it yes. ended up allowing me to say a lot more to him and not needing him to hear it right away. And not, I wouldn't even feel dismissed by him not hearing uh-huh. it, I would just sort of smirk to myself, like, you'll get it in an hour, asshole. <laughs> right. <You know>? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm plugging my laptop in. I just realized it's not. Okay. There That's quite important. It is. Oh, it made a fun noise too. It did. Yeah, my husband's like, like that. that too, though. He usually needs a second to let it. I mean, I think we all kind of need a minute. Totally. We all have a process. Like, I've been thinking how this is like a half baked idea, but like it takes time for stuff to bubble through the layers. Like there's the physical layer, there's the emotional layer, there's the spiritual layer, like mental layers below that. And then like it kind of bubbles up through all that and then it bubbles back down. And because the world we're most present to is the physical world, we kind of expect things to come back straight away. Mm. And because we can only see the physical world, we assume like nothing's happening. And and one of the things I always have to remind myself of is sometimes it's years for it to take that journey. Uh, yeah. And and sometimes I'll offer someone some something, hopefully because I've asked for it, but sometimes just because I'm on a tear or whatever. And like five years later, they'll be sharing about like this amazing thing that their friend said. And I'm like, oh yeah, I said that to you five years ago, but <laughs> at best I planted a bit of a seed or like you had to hear it. Like sometimes this stuff for me is just slow for me to learn a lesson. I have to hear it like yeah. 20 times before it starts to take root. Yep. Yeah. I, I definitely have, well, I think most frustratingly that's happened with my husband where two years after I say something, Mark says it to him. And then he's like, Oh, I had this call with Mark. You'll never guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I will. I will absolutely guess. I knew, <laughs> but actually I had this, I had this other experience, uh, where I realized some stuff about myself and then remembered Mark saying it to me years ago. And I called uh-huh. him crying 
Like, mm. and I, I think the phrase I used was how, how did you put up with me? Mm-hmm. I've said that to him a lot over the years. And I, I actually said it to him fairly recently. And he said, for me, it wasn't putting up with you. I, I didn't have that experience. And of course my brain goes, yeah, right. I'm so annoying. Uh-huh. How could you not have? But he insists it was not the sensation of putting up with me. It was learning to love parts of himself via loving those parts in me. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking yeah. About? But I that's think that's, the... that, that is what happens. If we're deep in the work, it is. That's the essence of all of this work, I think, isn't it? Like whatever's driving us nuts about someone is a reflection of what we can't be within ourselves. And if we can learn to love it in ourselves, it's it's not that people hear that and then they think, well, Adam, you're saying just let, I mean, the extreme is like, just let Hitler be Hitler. Mm-hmm. Or just let my uncle be my uncle, even though, or just let my brother-in-law who just sits at home and plays video games and doesn't want to do anything with his life do that and hope things will change it's not that it's that until we can totally love and accept these parts of ourselves and then learn to accept and love those parts of other people anything we say is going to come from a place of something other than love and that will never have the impact we want it to have so you can scream as much you want at your brother-in-law insisting that you have to do something but all you're doing is actually further entrenching them in, in whatever place they're stuck in yeah, because you're trying to force them out of it. And that's not choice. Uh-huh. That's, Adam told me to. Yeah. And yeah, I'm gonna do to. this because Adam told me to. That's right. Yeah, no. It and it yeah, it doesn't work. It just like quite frankly, it just doesn't work. Uh even if you follow instructions, you might you might like get yourself to a place where you can see why taking the action was actually a good thing, but it's still the credit's gonna be due to the person who forced you. Yeah. Um, our, like what we do as coaches is actually trying to get people to take credit for their own lives and be the one. Kind of works in the short term, doesn't it? <clears throat> Same more. Like, um, if, if I do something because I'm told I should, then I'll, I'll do it for a while. Mm-hmm. Like basically I'm, I'm running an act of willpower as opposed to anything else. And for that short period of time that I'm willing to like force that on myself, I'll experience some degree of change, change, right. not transformation. Yes. And then that's the hook. That's like the gambling machine paying us out of the casino where we're like, Oh, it, it's working. My system works. This works. Adam told me, Michelle told me I'm going to keep doing this, but then it has such a short half-life and very quickly yeah. we just revert back and but that's how it gets us. That's why the world has so much predicated upon what we should do. It's because yes. it kind of works in the short term. It does. Yeah. I thought I, I asked you to say more because I wasn't sure that I knew what you meant, but now that you've said it, I yeah, that's what it I was turns thinking. out you did completely it turns out I did know. perfectly understand what I said. I got it. Okay. Yeah, you got it. You're totally smart. Yes. I'm the smartest. Do you know? I was, I've been thinking more about your smartest person in the room thing. Cause I've, uh-huh. I'm in like an identity crisis with my business and who the hell I'm working with now. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, but the idea I always had that we talked about before was the most interesting person in the room. Yes. Cause I totally. tend to be. 
and yeah. the people I want to talk to are also that, you know, yeah. the, the, I had a potential client call uh, recently and this person is absolutely the most interesting person in most rooms that they're in uh-huh. and, and was just rattling off different cool accomplishments similar to the, in a similar fashion that I do. Uh-huh. So that was funny. I was like, oh, you're just like me in this specific way. And I think that, I think I'm actually craving more of that person who both, who needs, it seems like they need to be brought down off their high horse, but it's more like you need to actually own who you are separate of the things you've done and the people, you know? Yes, totally. And like, I still struggle with that. I would imagine for those people, there's like the pendulum swing of being on the high horse. And then on the other side, actively diminishing what they've yes. created and accomplished. And so then there's no, there's no ability to come of. home. Uh-huh. Yeah. So then there's like talking about all the accomplishments to try to fill that void. Yeah. I got to make people think I'm important and then falling off and, and like, Oh, I suck. No one cares about me. And then what are you going to do from there? You're going to inflate yourself more. And right. Yeah. It's kind of exhausting. It is. That I, brand. You'll go ahead. I had a pattern interrupt in this recently because I have a new friend who, but before really getting to know much about me at all was like, you're so cool. You're like the coolest person I know or some, something like that. Sweet. And my, <laughs> my, my, <laughs> but my reaction to hearing it was, but you don't even know all the, you don't even know all the stuff. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, you don't mm. even know the half of it. You don't even know, you know, 5% of what's cool about me. And forgetting that the tenant of our work is essence and that essence is always available. Uh And it's not about what you, it's nothing that you've done. It's just who you are right now, who you're being. Um, And I just felt myself balk at that very concept in that moment of just, no, but I need to show you all the YouTube channels and subscribers and tell you about all the famous people I know and all the, what are you talking about? I'm cool. You don't even know. Uh It just, it fucked me up because I was like, wait, oh. Okay, I guess that's available without me doing all the talking. Similar vein, I get very uh, concerned or afraid at those points of like, oh, I'm going to let this person down. Like they've created me as like, you're a great coach or you're such a good leadership person or you're, they don't say that way, they can speak English (laughs) or you're super inspiring. You're such a great leadership person. (laughs) Yeah, much leadership person. Oh, wow. Then I'm like, oh boy they're going to discover the truth, which is that I'm like kind of bumbling around and often don't really have any idea what I'm doing and, and feel quite like uninspired by myself. Mm. And that's going to, and so, um, probably sort of the same vein rather than like, I need to tell them about all the stuff. Then it becomes like, well, I need to like show up and meet them at like, I need to get up there. And so I'm going to have to like do some, some really stuff. inspiring stuff. Yeah. Instead of just like, Oh, like you said, it's, it's a good reminder. No, I just got to be with them. Do you know Including what's funny? Being... I have that thing you just uh-huh. said, but that's not the first place my mind goes. This is why I, I continually love talking with you because we have the same stuff, but it shows up in an opposite manner. So yeah. my first thought when people put me on a pedestal is I need to bring myself down now so that Mm. you get that I'm a human so that I don't seem untouchable so that we can still be friends. 
Right. So I will actually show up in my poopy pants. Yep. Yeah. Uh, habitually so that I can just stay on the same level. Let's stay on the same level. And it's the same thing as showboating. It's just the opposite of. Right. Yeah. It's still an ego's version of like, uh, this is too big. As we put it in our link in our lingo, we'd say like, I can't be with my greatness. Yeah. When in actuality, there's some lovely combination of all of it that is actually being a person. Yes. (laughs) Showing up any, wherever you are in any given day and coming back around to the commitment or, um, yeah, coming back around to who you are. Uh, I'll use my relationship with uh, Laura Westman, for example, because we're both, we're very I like similar. the name dropping that's happening on this yeah, podcast. Know, right? Sweet, love it, yeah. We can tell all these people we talk And we haven't even you. gotten to the shit talking yet, but that's going to be know, really right? fun when we start to drop the best. Yeah. Uh, so Laura Westman and I will text each other with whatever issue is going on, whether it's um, at home or or client related or something with just like how we're doing. And she would sometimes I'll, I'll talk about what it's like to risk to support her. Uh, it's the same, it's the same in reverse. So I'm talking about yeah. myself at the same time. Maybe she sends me a wall of texts of paragraphs and she's upset. And I don't, maybe whatever my initial reaction is, maybe I have a message for her. I have something that I want to convey right away, but often I would look at the wall and just go, oh, she's kind of in it right now. I'm just going to leave it alone for a second. Uh And without fail, a little bit of time goes by and then she comes back and goes, okay, I figured it out. (laughs) Like she, (laughs) she gets it. And, and sometimes I engage and then later she's like, sorry, I dumped all that stuff. And I'm like, girl, we have this agreement that we we do this and the reason we can and this is why I brought this up the reason we can do this is not because we've declared ourselves each other's emotional dumpsters that's not what it is it's because we have an agreement that we've actually spoken that we will always do our work and we will always come Mm -hmm. back around with okay I got it let's repair let's repair anything that happened here let me tell you about the repair I'm doing out in the world and the lessons yeah. I'm learning. So our main commitment is to share with each other what we're learning. And uh-huh. sometimes that's with each other in our relationship. And sometimes it's talking about our husbands or or clients or business or whatever. But there's a trust there because we we have established this dynamic where we always come back to being responsible for our stuff. What's an example where you guys have had something to repair like between the two of you? Not many. (laughs) We actually, she's like, I've been talking to her about this lately. She's like my one relationship that hasn't devolved into, into fighting uh, because we're both so responsible. So I, has there been, I I don't even know, Adam, actually. Mm. We, I feel like we have a pretty clean track record similar to you and I. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, it's a relief when when people like having people like that in your life and it's not just that they say that they're committed to it but they're like working with a coach yeah. deeply engaged to have a deep practice it's such a relief because then when they send the barf we're like okay this is okay it's not all that energy is not going to just continue right. to pour over me you know like an energy vampire as we call them like no no that 
they're working through stuff. It's okay. Like it just uh, makes things so much easier. Yeah. Cause I could go, I can just check in with my intuition. Do I need to speak right now? Do I need to respond to this? And I get an instant answer and like, usually there is something to say and, and we ask each other what we need and then we answer that question. And that's the hard part is the answering of that question. But I love that about, I do love that about being friends with a bunch of AC grads is because everyone is pretty well-versed in the question. What, what do you need? And so Uh someone's like, blah, blah, blah. I'm having shit day. What do you need? And, and they'll, they'll, they'll answer that question before you ask it actually, because they know it's coming. Yeah. 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 That's such a powerful question. And, and, um, it's interesting. Someone there's what you need, what would support you. It's like Mm -hmm. a similar kind of vein. And, uh, I've been in a conversation on Facebook, which doesn't happen that much these days. Like someone had written a post and, and I was acknowledging like, what would support you is such a great question. And the person was like, yeah, and I think I can do better because oftentimes people don't know and like asking that question and just load more on for them. And I really get where that answer is coming from mm-hmm. and, and there's a truth to it. But then, so of course we always have to work with people where they're at. If we want to yeah. support them, we can't just sort of be this wall. that's like, well, until you tell me, you know, I'm not going to do anything. But ultimately I think where we're moving towards is what you're describing which is having people able to be responsible to ask for what they need. Because what tends to happen is we're like, I don't know. So someone takes a swing. This used to happen all the time in our relationship. Bay and I, I'd take a swing and then she'd get upset with me because what I was doing wasn't helpful. And I'm like, well, I'm doing my best. And of course there's tons of art for me to learn, but it took a while before I could start to realize like, I got to start by asking what do you need? And if she doesn't, you know, if she just starts to share more or whatever, okay, I'll do my best, but then not take it personally if if it's not working and also recognize, okay, well, this is what I see to do. You tell me what you want from me if it's something different. Because I can't, yeah. we can't read minds, nor right. should we even deign to try. Deign. No. That's a good word to use. <laughs> it is a good word. <laughs> I, 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 I fixed my... Uh... <laughs> you, um, something, what was it? Oh, oh, uh... So lately when people, when I ask someone what would support them and they don't know, I've been, I've been saying, what do you suspect it is? Like, let's yeah, take let's a just, swing. Yeah. Brainstorm with me. What might it be? Uh, or if I gave you a million dollars to give me an answer to that, what would your answer be? Uh-huh. It's, it's like, there's something there. You're just not willing to say it because you don't think it's the right answer. And there's no way to know what you have to calibrate your answers because maybe it's to do 10 jumping jacks. Let's try that. Okay. How did that go? It's uh, sucked. Learning I feel worse. Yourself. Okay, great. Yeah, I feel worse. Okay. So next time don't ask for 10 jumping jacks noted. What else might it be? And often it's just to be heard. Yeah. Like, I feel like so often it's just to vent and then you know what to do at least later in the game when you've got some of this work under your belt, uh, but yeah, so frequently people just need to be heard. Um, yeah. So often also, I'll ask like, what do you need? And then they'll just vent more. Uh-huh. I'm not using so vent as a negative. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like, oh, I think this person, they haven't said it, but I'm pretty sure they just need me to listen right now because they're not even hearing my question. They're just, I don't know. Like, oh, you got it. I'm just going to listen. A, I have a client who uh, 
it's she's so cute. She'll be like, I just need to pop off for 10 minutes. Can you set a timer? That's awesome. Right. I and then I'll that. be like, okay, we're at time. She's like, I need five more. I need five more. Cause I, it's not, it's not out yet. And it's so Sweet. great. Cause we can have a coaching call. That's, that's actually quite structured while being improvised. Yes. Cause we're structuring it as we go. It, so they are, they use up the 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Vent. I could, I can imagine it going either way and either way is awesome. Like, I just love mm. the fact that they're like, I need to pop off. Can I, can you set it like they're setting a timer for themselves? That's like a pretty sophisticated client. Three years in. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, that word you used in the question, which I'm going to say might is like such a powerful question. Like a lot of the stuff I think could occur like, Oh, they're giving us the, or no one's listening or whatever, but like they're giving us the secret. This is the thing I have to do. And of course it's not that, but so often I'll ask someone, so what do you see to do? Or what do you think the thing to do here is? Or why do you think this is happening? Or, you know, any of those questions that invites inquiry and, and they're always like, I don't know. And the, the sort of expectation with, I don't know, is then I'm going to say something else, or I'm going to give them a new question that will help them. <laughs> I'm like, well, what might it be? Which is basically just saying like, well, fuck it up. Yeah. Take a swing. Let's see what or you come up with. my coach likes to say, what if you did know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Then what would it be? Yeah. Say something. Venture. Like, it's funny how we don't realize these are acts of courage. Yeah. Take a swing in that moment and like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to give it my best and we'll see. Maybe I'll get it wrong, but then, then I learned something like you said. Courageous for the coach too, because as I'm, you know, I'm in like month seven of the year long coach training right now. So I'm hearing people's, I'm hearing a lot of recorded coaching calls and just hearing like uh -huh. the rephrasing of questions. And the second that the client gets confused, the coach goes into, well, is it this or this? Uh -huh. I mean, let me make it an easier question for you, which is a, um, a good thing to know how to do, but. Um, in terms of, I feel like this is the part of the, of the year where I really need to double down on trust on the competency of creating trust with people, because to continue to ask the same question instead of changing the question is a huge act of trust in self, yes. in the client, in coaching. Crazy and, huge. And it's terrifying to be in that space with someone where they're getting frustrated with you yes. and themselves and coaching. And they might be like, this isn't working. Just anything that's risky, new coaches will back away from really quickly. And so I, yeah. I enjoy inviting them into the discomfort of it so that they can find out that Matt, that's where magic happens, not in the knowing and the perfect crafting of a question. Or yeah, that, that's kind of the fantasy of coaching, isn't it? That like the coach is just going to ask me the perfect question and then the answer will come forward and it's going to be amazing. And it's like, well, none of the really, like, I always use the metaphor of riding a bike because it's so apt. Like, that's not how riding a bike worked. You didn't wait until you were inspired. You didn't sit on the bike, not going anywhere until you felt suddenly that you understood. No one asked you the right question, which then had you be like, oh, now I know how to like steer you got on the bike and then you fell off the bike and you kept doing that and eventually it makes sense yep gotta you gotta get on the bike and give it a give it a go that's and how this stuff really comes forward at first yes that's also how we're still friends 
like I just had a call this morning with someone that I know from Twitter uh, who's in France and she she had been tweeting about how she's having trouble maintaining long distance relationship with friends and was being is that how the call someone. got created mm-hmm. because uh, I cool. I replied to her and I really wanted to tell her about our relationship and my relationship uh. with grace and just like give her some perspective and I couldn't do it through tight like there's just not enough characters. And I was like, why don't we talk? Cause yeah. I've been, I've been back and forth with her on Twitter a lot. And so we're kind of friends, but we've yeah. never gotten on the phone. So I offered a, a zoom call just to chat about it. And I told her my story and I told her about us and how um, we just committed to talking every week. And that doesn't mean that we talk every week, but we have a yeah. commitment to talking every week. And so it means we end up talking one, two, three, and sometimes four times a month. Yes. If we're, if, if, if it all works out, which it usually doesn't, I feel, I feel like we average two. Yeah. That seems about right. Which is great. And it's just an extra bonus when we actually get three. That's amazing. Yeah. It's the best. It's the best. But I, you know, I feel like when we first started talking every week, which God, how long ago was this at this point? Like almost a decade. Yeah. It's hard to believe, right? It is. Yeah. Um, but you know, I feel like we, our conversations have evolved greatly over that uh-huh. time and we have evolved and we've gotten more clarity around why we're friends and what like what this relationship is even for in, uh-huh. in that time because at first it was just like oh my god i love you you're so smart you're so cool yeah, oh my you're, god, you're hilarious you and smart and cool let's talk yeah <laughs> and our spouses are like are you guys okay are you all right what's, what's up you're like only texting each other could you talk to me please mm-hmm. Uh, so like it starts like that, but, um, yeah, so I just shared with her, it's been, it's been, there's been time and effort put in and it gets, it gets better and better. The more intentionality and she used the word perseverance, which I, yeah, I mean, more so in my, my conversation about grace, because we were together in person and then she moved across the country and it took us a really long time to figure out how to be friends when we don't. Yes. We had never talked on the phone in our in yeah. the entirety of our relationship. So that was just like not an option for about six years. <laughs> just we yeah. like, we just didn't, you know, it was either come in person or I never see you and never talk to you. We weren't texters either. We never, we were just, we were living together from the beginning of our friendship. So there was no yeah, that wasn't communication. how it started. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I, like, I have lots, uh, not lots, but some people that will um, have some kind of experience with me, like usually a coaching one. And they're like, I really, uh, coaching's off for me right now. Okay, fine. No worries. Of course not. Not of course not. It's all good. And then they're like, but I really want to keep relationship with you. So how do we make that happen? And I'm like, we don't. First of all, because like my life's filled with like the friends. I have lots of friendships and I cherish them, but like, it's not that I'm not deeming this person unworthy or anything like that. But like, if they want to create a relationship with me, they're going to have to generate it. Cause I'm like, I'm not actively, if I move to like a new city and all the friends I have here in my hometown, were no longer here. Then maybe I'd be like, okay, I'm looking, I'm going to generate, but I'm not they're looking to generate that and I'm open to it, but it's like, you're going to have to reach out to me. Cause I'm just not gonna, it's not going to occur to me 
because my life yeah. is already full up Quite with full. the relationships I have. And, and I'm happy with that. And then the other version of this is sometimes <clears throat> when like, I've really wanted to create relationship with people. An interesting dynamic happens where like, for me, I'm up to a lot. So my calendar, I live by my calendar. And if I put an appointment in my calendar, I'm reliable. And if I don't, and I have spare time, I'm not going to pick up the phone and call someone. I'm going to go play video games. I'm going to do something to like recharge. Same. Not that calling someone can't, but, and people will be like, I don't want to be in your calendar. Like, I just want to be like a friend of yours. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. well, that doesn't work. Like my best friends are in my calendar. Tuesday nights we're talking or whatever. Yeah. Like, so I appreciate that and I'll do my best, but I can tell you predictably how it's probably going to go. And this is the structure that supports me. And then some yeah. people either are like, okay, cool, let's make it happen. And other people are like, well, I don't like that. I'm like, all right, well, we're probably not going to talk very regularly. That's all it's, good. It's, so it's like, uh, okay, if you want to be my friend, then stop talking to me about wanting to be my friend and just <laughs> Right. Right? Yeah. Invite me like to do Like the something. most arduous things are when people keep talking to me about how they want to something. Uh-huh. Just, yes. Just be it. What, Make it like happen. Because I, I agree. I, I, my, I'm pretty full. I'm pretty full on friends. And so my new friend, Rob, uh, we didn't discuss, let's be friends. We just fell into being friends really quickly. And uh-huh. I've met other people on Twitter who have reached out or I'm like, oh, we should be friends. And I'm like, okay, your move. What, yeah. what is that? I don't know. I don't have a roster to add you to exactly. Like, um, yeah. and everyone, if I look at who all my friends are, it's all been, there's all, there's been some reason in the first uh-huh. place to even be connected. Like with Rob, we started a, a book club together. That was the first yeah. thing. That was how we became friends. We started to, total strangers started a book club. What was um, the first book? Oh, hold on. Oh, it was yeah. Pronoia. I was going to go get it, but we're not. Pronoia. Even oh yeah. Fiction, nonfiction. I have to show it to you. It's nonfiction. Yeah. Um, it's cool. Cause we're on video, but no one, this is audio <laughs> format. So no one knows yeah, where you've well, gone or anything. Yeah, it's it's this mm. big huge book. Um Rob paranoia is the antidote, antidote paranoia. to paranoia. Uh, huh. How the whole world is conspiring to shower you with blessings. That's cool. Ah, it's I see. So cool. it's shifting shifting kind of the mindset from one of the world is out to get me to the world is out to support me, basically. Exactly. Ah, cool. That's Good it. book. Um, so it's not a book that you just sit down and read. It's um I know those. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. Uh-huh. Like it's there's like wingdings. Like what are what is this? There's uh-huh. an entire chapter that's blank and that you're supposed to write yourself. And <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a little like culty. It's a little culty, yeah. Um yeah. and uh I've had it in the back I had it in the background of my shot here on Zoom, and I've had multiple people from like my first therapist to Christopher McAuliffe, the CEO of Accomplishment Coaching, be like, Pronoia, oh my god, Pronoia. And so oh, they know it. Yeah, apparently Rob oh, Bresney um, did something in San Diego in the 90s that Christopher was involved in. I, I don't know, but huh. um, he's well-known among certain circles. But the the thing that happened is Rob posted, Rob Hardy posted a picture of one of the pages, and I read it, and it just lit me the fuck up. I was like, mm. what is this book? And so I replied... I'm going to start a book club for this. And he replied to counter offer. We start a book club and we did not know each other. And then Amazing. I DM'd him 
and we came up with a funny title for it. It's like Robin Michelle's uh, Pronoia Jamboree Fun Time or something stupid. And we made it a one-time book club because we both agreed that book clubs suck and nobody reads the book. (laughs) And so we made the rule, you don't have to read the book, just come. Like, get the Uh book and just come. And what we're going to do is whoever is on that has read it or read a part of it is going to share something and then we'll talk about it. Uh-huh. And we had like, I can't remember how many people, it was between 40 or 60 people sign up for this. Damn. And how many people uh, showed? 20. Was it Zoom or in person? Zoom. Okay. Yeah. But people from all over the world. And it was just really wonderful. And one of the guys who came actually graduated with Grace from the master's program she just did. Mm. And then she connected us. And when he went to my Instagram, he saw this and he had, he had an old copy of Pronoia. So this one's maroon. He had like a gray one. Yeah. Like, so I've actually been kind of reading. I'm actually a bit of an OG. For, yeah. He's an OG. Yeah. So he knew some shit and it was great because other people who had just found it would talk and then he could come in and, and point to something else. And it was just lovely. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That was fun. So, so yeah, now we're like, oh, what's the next stupid thing we're going to do together? Uh, just to be silly and fun and break out of the monotony of here's what I do to move my business forward. Uh-huh. And that's the stuff that actually moves your business forward. It is. I find like anything that has us connect with other people more is generally the right move. And anything that has us trying to create a client generally is not the right move. Right. It's not to say it's important. There's a distinction there where people try to like throw that out entirely and then have no intention whatsoever. And they're just like, I'll just connect with people willy nilly. You have to sort of, there's like this degree of being committed to some kind of result and then being unattached to that. That's where we want to come from. I have been, I've been playing with that in all, all ways, shape and form lately. (laughs) Just so, Uh Uh, yes, I want to create clients and I, I'm like allergic to doing any of the typical doing that I've done before. I've noticed that too. Yeah. I almost, it occurs a little bit like I'm just tired. I'm so tired, Adam. Yeah. And, and I'm doing a lot. And like, so for example, the forge, which we run every year is Mm -hmm. like, has, 20 people registered, but only like, I think five, maybe six of those are like new participants. So it's like top heavy in terms of the leadership team. And granted about 10 of those people are like kind of what we call leader participants. So there's, they're still going to be participating, but, and, and I'm like, well, I could do this. I could do that. I could do a live. I could like post more. And when I think about doing that, I'm like, Oh, I'm tired. tired. I don't want to do that. And and I could force it, but I don't think that's the answer. Mm-mm. And there's some breakthrough that's coming. It's my sense. Something probably related to spirit or 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 presence or something along those lines. But it's a it's a bit of a it's a challenging place to be. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. well, am I just resistant and not like willing to do what I need to do? Or is there actually like some deeper growth here for me to take on? to like move on to what's next. You just described exactly where I'm at. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. 
and and you know the interesting thing is like there's there's plenty of conversations i'm in like i think two weeks ago i was talking to about four people about the forge this past like three week period there's like four people that are potential clients that are in conversation with me so there's like stuff happening but there's that lingering feeling that's like eh, but are you doing the right stuff is it enough and so are you just not inspired by what you're up to right now exactly yeah I've been thinking, I found these, uh, these two guys, these musicians, uh, they're called negative 25. That's the name of their group. Mm -hmm. And they do these cute little videos where (laughs) they do cute videos where they're like, they, it's, it's almost like, remember when I did how to not. Yeah. Where I would be like, how to not be a leader and then do anti-advice, like do the opposite of advice. Yes. Um, like definitely tell everyone that um, all your ideas are the best ideas and they should listen to you. So just bad. You did one for marriage too, right? I did. How to, it was called how to not love your husband. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, Autobiographical. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Best stuff always is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I just talked to myself in those videos, but so they do kind of like that where they will be like, like how to go to a party if you're socially anxious. I like to remind people that I'm not as unhinged as I could be. Uh, I make excuses. I get very interested in my phone if anyone talks to me. So it's like stuff like that. And then yeah. at the very end, they they both go, if you like this video, you'll probably like our music. Our name is Negative 25. Check us out on Spotify. And Adam, these videos convert like a motherfucker. Mm. Like they, I posted one of them to my Twitter and one of the guys who came to the Pronoia book club actually replied, Oh my God, I want to listen to their music now. And then he went uh-huh. and he did, and he started posting all these videos of their music and they were really great. Uh, yeah. very interesting, different. It wasn't like mainstream anything. It was, it was super bizarre and really beautiful and awesome with cool lyrics and, uh, exactly what I would expect after a funny little internet video and I just love that as marketing. Just it's almost yeah. like they were making coaching videos, but promoting music. Yeah. Which makes me want and to make fun music videos and promote to promote and coaching. invite coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how that would be? Do you have a sense of that? Or is it I, just I have a little right bit now? of a sense because lately the music I've been writing has been the kind of music I've been very resistant to writing in the past. Which so, would be uh sincere, inspirational. Mm. Uh, like create that a little more distinct for me. So, cause you, it, what do, would you felt, typically write? I would typically do pop, like pissed off, angsty or uh, toxic love. I got it. Lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Which can be inspirational or interesting, but I just remember like one song I put up that I started to feel like I was unlocking something, but I think I was just, I don't know. I was landing wherever I was. It was like, I don't give a fuck what you think about anything I do. And you know, like that. Mm-hmm. And, and then I would resist anything that felt, even if I wrote it, I wrote a song called fresh new eyes that made me cry to write. But then I was like, I'm not putting this out. It's too cheesy. That's not the mm. sound I want. Um, I don't know if I want to be a Rachel Platten. This is my fight song. Take back my uh-huh. you No, know, like I don't want to be that. But then again, the stuff I listen to. But it's also to, real for you. Yes. It's what's coming out of you. Yeah. It's what's happening. So late I just wrote a song um that was a lot more 
I mean, I cried writing it and then put it up and it's just, I'm starting to find the sound Mm -hmm. that I think is most me. And that naturally lends itself to, okay, I'll write some more of that. And, um, I'm worried about having it feel forced. Uh Uh-huh. But I love like what you just described is totally the artist's journey, which is to say, we're like, uh, where's the inspiration? You know, I want to be hit with the thunderbolt, the muse. I want the muse to come and land on my shoulder. And then she does and like gives us a song. We're like, I'm not going to fucking post that. Yeah. And we hate it. And it's like, that's the, like, that's so the the path of artistry where the very thing where it, it flows through us. And then we're like, I don't, I'm not going to put this out there. And then that's exactly the thing we need to release into the world. If, yeah. if only to release it. It might not be the next big thing because we have to release any attachment to all of that. But like, at least by publishing it, we're letting that flow through us and back, giving it back to the world. And then the next thing will flow through us. And that's hard work. Yeah. So hard work. Such hard work. I have so many unposted or partially, at least I post my process. So there's that, like I'll get Uh something to a point and then share it so that later I can be like, look how far it came because I really enjoy that ability to point back to stuff and i know that when i don't want to post something in process that's when i should so that's why i do it because i'm always like yeah let me wait until it's better because i don't want people to think this is my finished product and instead i'm just like this is my not finished product let's see how it grows over the next however many years because sometimes artists will reach back and take in a really old song and redo it and i usually hate that because i enjoy the first version of it the most because it's the first one i ever heard but I get yes. why artists do that. They're like, I want to freshen this up. I want to bring my current voice into it and yeah. experience it differently. And that is interesting. Writing my, I guess it was my second book was like that, where I hated everything about it. I don't think it's a very good book personally, but that needed to be published so that the, the who do you think you are can be written, mm-hmm. could be written and published. And I love that book. I think that's a fantastic book. Me but too. If I, thank you, if I hadn't published the one before it, it wouldn't have been published because that right. idea, all of those things would have been stuck there. And um, that's edgy to do that. Yeah. It's part of, I think my sense is part of why I'm feeling a little uninspired lately is that, that there's some blockage that I'm not letting be expressed. And then um, that's holding everything in check. Well, and of course you're not because you're tired too. So it's like... <laughs> And one leads to the other. Yeah. Yeah. One leads into the other. The other thing is that social media is a lot less inspiring these days to be. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It used to feel really cool to to post something and then people would comment. And and now it's like two people like it. One person comments. It's like, oh boy, this feels tiring to be around. I'm very, very exhausted by it. Uh Uh-huh. But you're, you're on Twitter. You're back on Twitter now. Yeah. Or X. Well, I have as a, it's not called. X. I'm not calling it that. I refuse. Uh, it's Twitter. Yeah. Um, but the the community that I'm a part of on Twitter is why I'm there. And if Twitter yeah. did go away, we would just go somewhere else. And we went to Blue Sky for a while and then we came back. So like uh I I have like this core little group of people and I could get I could have a tweet, get one like, and because of who it is. Because and there's I, there's a number of avatars coming into my brain that if I see that person I'm like ah 
Yeah. And I feel that landed with the person I care about. Right. Yeah. Which especially my friend Visa, who's like incredibly prolific and um, just a fantastic writer. And you'd be fascinated by this guy because he's basically trained himself as a coach without going through coach training. And Mm, danger, danger. It's okay. Uh, I'll just turn off the sirens going off in my head. It's, I know, right? But I sat across the table. He came to New York and um, and I kind of, I reached out to him like, so uh, thinking we could probably have a meal together, right? Not just go to a group meetup. And I was like, are you doing like meetups or can we hang out? And he was just like, of course I'm going to hang out with you. What's wrong with you? It's like, okay. Um, yeah. So me and him and his wife had brunch and I, I went into that conversation knowing he does, he does like consulting, but I asked him about it and Adam, he started walking me through what he does in sessions and it's what we do. Uh-huh. And, I, and I'm like, how did you get here? And how he got here is not easy. He's been uh-huh. writing and, and like rewriting his own writing. And I, it's really hard to explain him. He's, he's an enigma. He's not mm. a typical person that you come across in the world. Um, and he's taken on Twitter and writing as his full-time job. Like, this is what I do. Mm. He just appointed himself something and, and he's a coach. Like he, he explained mm. to me what he does in sessions and I'm like, you're coaching. It's, it's uh-huh. pure coaching and it's, and it's good. It's really good. That's um, cool. Yeah. And it, it kind of fucked me up. Cause I was like, wait, how is it possible that you know all these things? <laughs> and it's just through a lot of, a lot of reflection and interactions with people that, I feel like are in some way um, just parallel to our experience of interactions at AC and, and talking to a coach regularly and all this, all these conversations that we've been in. He's just created a lot of conversations for himself all over the place. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. There's many ways to get like some of the greatest coaches I know are the shamans I work with hmm. down in Costa Rica at Rhythmia. It's not, they're not trained as a coach, but their work with ayahuasca is ultimately a transformational process. And they know because of the lineage of the medicine, like you, the way you do this work is you heal yourself. And as you heal yourself, like someone at the end of one of the nights was like, Oh, thank you so much to this team for all of the work. And like, just how, how beautiful you hold space and like be with us as we go through our process. It's like unreal. And the Chris, the shaman was like, thank you you know why we're able to do this? And the person's like, why? And he's like, cause we were there cause we went through it ourselves. And that's yeah. the heart of this work. Like, um, I was talking to a shaman named Mitra and I asked him cause the medicine had brought me one night and said, you know, Adam, you've been a medicine man for a long time and you're ready to start owning that about yourself. And I was like, ah, that's freaky. I don't know what to do with that. Who am I to say that that's. And, and so I went up to him to consult with him and ask like, Hey, this is what I got brought. Do you have any medicine for me on this? And he said, he paused and, and he said, um, being a medicine man is not about healing other people. It's about healing yourself. And if you do that, the rest takes care of it. So there's so many different ways we can heal ourselves. And if we do take on our own healing, the rest, you don't have to really worry about that other stuff. And that's why so many coaches fail. <laughs> yeah, because they want to do some kind of cerebral, I learned this in a book and now I know how to do it and teach ignore you. their fucking healing work. Yeah, I I am healed, right? I've yeah. got this sorted out. Like, no, you're not. I tried and you know why? Once. Yeah, you know why you're not healed? Because you're human. 
You'll yeah. never be fully healed. That's our yeah. journey. That's why the souls came here. And so, yeah, they and and they get focused on creating clients rather than like doing their own work first. And yeah, it falls away. Or they get really navel gazy and don't create yes. clients and then get stuck in navel gazing instead of right, rather than healing themselves. People. Yeah. Cause when you work with people, that's when all the healing comes up. When you yes. go to create a client, that's when the healing man, I have or the my wounding really. healer. What? The wounding comes up and then the opportunity yes. to heal it. Yeah. The opportunity uh-huh. to heal comes up. Yeah. I, uh, I put it on my list to reach out to my spiritual healer. I just started uncovering some, like a new layer of wounding Mm-hmm. of like the same abandonment shit that I've been working through forever. Uh, yeah. But I just found, I found a new place and I had this breakdown and then uh, I lost five pounds in like two days after, not because I wasn't eating, but because I released something big emotionally, like a huge block. And I've, yeah. I went from being 150 pounds to being 145 pounds and I'm just staying there. Like I was just maintaining wow. 150 for a really long time. And now I'm just maintaining 145. It's so interesting. It just, yes. it happened and it's just like, boom, here we are. Yeah. Um, but I had a big, like blah, emotional thing. And then for about two weeks, I was just constantly on the edge of crying all the time. Just, I got re-tenderized. Uh-huh. And I said to my coach, I think, I don't know if it's like going back to one of my old therapists or there's something, maybe my spiritual healer. And I decided that felt right that I want to talk to Peter and it, he, I never hesitate to talk to Peter, but I've been hesitating. And mm. two days ago, this motherfucker out of nowhere emails me. I love that. Hey, Michelle, you continually come into my consciousness. So I thought I would reach out and ask how you're doing. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that's just wild. I responded hey. back instantly and scheduled a session with him. I was like, oh my God. Okay, I'm glad that we could telepathically communicate that because I was having a lot of trouble sending an email. Yeah, I I was like, maybe two months back, I was, um, I can't remember what I was doing. I was just, I think I was struggling with something or I don't know what it was, but I'd had this like, I worked with a shaman out here named Naite for about a year and change and went through a course of hers. And I have all these writings of hers that we read as part of them. And they sit on my, my computer. And I was just like, boy, it's been a long time. It feels like it would be a good moment to like pick up one of those writings and just read it. Like, I just feel like that would probably serve me in this moment. And then, like you said, like you were sharing the next day, I had a message from her. She's like, Hey, how you doing? I caught wind that you're up to this. <laughs> Thought I'd reach out just like, and that's crazy. And of course my mind and maybe yours wants to attack that and possibly some of the listeners like I did. Well, oh, yeah, I was like, well, he probably has it scheduled to send an email like that to everyone he's ever worked with whenever he needs to drum up business. Yeah. Coincidences happen. And like there is like that's the thing I find interesting about the spiritual world is like there's truth in all of that. Coincidences do happen. And like spirituality and the spirit world exist to the extent we give it power. And, and like, I mean, it it happens anyhow, but the extent to which we experience it. And so like, I'm always having to set aside that part of my mind that, that diminishes and creates, reduces it down to nothing. Like in, um, that movie that Tom Hanks is in, that's really creepy, uh, with the animation, Christmas Express, the Polar Express, where you get the bell and then you stop hearing it as time. You haven't seen it. Mm -mm. 
oh man, you should. It's a classic Christmas movie. <laughs> but anyway, you get a bell and the bell, you stop hearing it uh-huh. as you age because you stop believing in the magic until eventually you can't hear it. So oh, that's lovely. Uh-huh. And that's a metaphor for the spirit, for our, the spirit world. Like right. children and elders are very connected to it, but most of us as adults are completely disconnected. So I try to listen to my daughter when she says random shit. Uh-huh. She says some shit. Uh, no doubt. Or points out things or um, even as simple as receiving her hug. This morning I was like, um, she wanted me to play a game with her. And I was like, I will play that with you this afternoon. I have, and then I listed out what I have to do today before and then I said, then I'm going to come get you. And she was like, get me right now and put her arms up. And I just collapsed onto the bed and hugged her for a while. And, and she was like, thank you. And then kissed my face a bunch. <laughs> this is the sweetest thing in the whole fucking world. And there's a, there's a, a time, there's a part of me that would have just been like, I can't right now. I have to go. Can't be late for uh-huh. my first call. Which is how my mom was often just too uh-huh. busy to receive. And so I stopped giving. And I noticed it with my daughter because sometimes when I tell her I'm too busy, she shuts off. And this is what it looks like. She'll be like, can you, can you play with me? And I'll say something like, I need to get to my office. And she'll go, okay. Uh Go back to what she was doing and she won't even look at me. I'm not hurt. Yeah. And for her to be doing that at seven years old, that was a slap in the face when I realized. And so I've just been trying to not go right into my default with her and just receive because she's got all kinds of messages uh-huh yeah and, and she's right on schedule too for doing that mm. like i'm not trying to change anything about your experience or anything but like seven you know four to six as we say is usually when we create our survival mechanism mm-hmm. when we yes. learn how to me- mitigate for the this will be a little pedantic the banal cruelty of the world mm. you know like the world's not intentionally being cruel but it's just, just naturally nice. there's some cruelty i say hi to someone and they're having a bad day and they turn away from me oof there's some cruelty in that so yeah oh my dog mm. does that all oh. so i've been taking my dog gwen to the park every morning for the past like two and a half weeks something um and most of the people who go by us, we go into the woods, so we don't see anybody. But then when I'm done with my woods walk, I'll find a paved path and find my way back to wherever I parked. So yeah. we always leave on a paved path. And on the paved path, we've got bike riders, walkers, and runners. And yeah. the runners typically have headphones in and are just, they're they're training for something most of the time. Yeah. Very clear. This is the place to go if you're training. Uh but sometimes it's just casual walkers or a park ranger or someone. And those people want to pet her and she Uh has to run up to everyone. And after just a few days, she stopped running up to everyone. And now she just looks at them very intently, almost like she's going to pounce on them like a Mm. predator. Well, she's a predator, but like, you know, she'll to the point where today a couple was coming toward us and there's, they see her and they see her kind of eyeing them real intensely. And they, they were like friendly. Can, like, can we? Uh-huh. And I was like, oh yeah, she's waiting to see if she you wants want to. to be packed. Yeah. And yeah. so they, they look down, they're like, oh, hello. And she's wiggling her butt and she runs over and then they're laughing. They're like, we have, we have cattle dogs. We have two cattle dogs. Um, and it, it, I just, it's wild how quickly she developed this standoffishness with people because so many people disappointed uh-huh. her by just walking by. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Became socialized. Hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) I relate too hard. (laughs) Dogs have a lot to teach us. They're noble creatures. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did I tell you that we picked dogs who are just like us? Of course you did. <laughs> That's why we chose a Boston Terrier, too. <laughs> oh, Grimby. No tail to wag. You have no oh idea if he's enjoying what you're doing with him at all. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> <laughs> what else? What else? What else? Uh, well, very well dressed. Uh-huh. Of course, yeah. Handsome. Uh, smells slightly of urine. Yeah, <laughs> that checks out. <laughs> I love I love how many um, different breeds there are of dogs. Like, truly, like um, I really believe that the spirit, the spirits that choose dogs are really like um, like there's a divine union between dogs and humans that has existed. Well, obviously there is. We know this is true, but like just on some level, there was a spiritual agreement made, like a contract. We're going to do this together, mm. and the amount that dogs hold for us. I'm often really like, damn, these, these creatures do a lot for us. They hold so much of our energy and we can see it even when like when Bay and I, it used to be, we'd fight a lot. These days it's more like just, you can feel the energy pick up, you know, there's energy. And then our dog will start to like adopt a pose where he's like, I'm scared. What do we do? Mm-hmm. And, and it's like a mirror for us. Oh, that we need to, we need like, that is a mirror of our energy. We need to bring ourselves down drop it a little bit oh god mark used to say that whenever he was mad his dog would just follow him around and just stare at him yes Oof. mine are like uh-huh. um right now they're boppy little puppies so they're not too they're not super no they are actually no i there was i told you i got retenderized and so i was crying a lot so it was one uh-huh. morning i was talking to justin in, in the kitchen and i was sitting on like a not a bar stool but something similar so of the just to give you an idea of the height uh, like a chair and Gwen, who is more of a, she's my dog. So we both picked puppies and this one chose me and this one chose Justin. So Gwen chose me. She's standing there. I start crying and she jumped from just from like regular standing, just from nothing, just jumped into my arms (laughs) with both paws around a small dog either. No, she's not small. And I had, I had like a coffee in my hand. So like that went, you know, just, Uh she just completely pounced on me Uh in a second. Yeah. How about now? Yeah. Which was hilarious. And exactly. I mean, I wasn't, I was, it was, I was not upset. I think I was, it was joyful crying or it was like realization. It was just going like, oh, wow. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Or something. But. I like those moments. Those always feel really, uh like clean and healing to me when I'm, when I'm going through a phase of like just crying in the moment, mm-hmm. just releasing really is often how it occurs. Yeah. Uh-huh. This, my headphone is doing a weird crackle. Hold on. I might have to just. It's interesting. Blue snowball. Can you hear me? Now I can't hear you, which is so annoying. Uh, you're saying all kinds of stuff, and I don't know what you're saying. 
All right, there you are. Yeah, you can hear me now? Yeah, but I had to switch. Um, I want to switch back to this microphone. Does it seem like it's coming from this microphone? Maybe. You want okay. to hit the mic? You could You could tap at the mic. No, I don't think so. All right, well. What are you going to do, right? I don't know, man. It's not good. Whatever. It's uh-huh. Um, it's whatever. It's whatever. But my 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 dog keeps trying to escape. She keeps getting out. She keeps finding ways out of the yard and running away uh, or trying to run away. Uh-huh. Uh, or just run around in the street for a little bit and then come back. <laughs> one day, one day my mother-in-law looked out the window and she was just sitting under the apple tree in our front yard, just lounging. Not where she's meant to be, I assume. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Life is great. Yep. There's no consequences to this. This is amazing. That's, that's me. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was thinking that. To leave the house, uh, does not like going on walks. Um, wants... Has a series of rules to be followed. Yes. <laughs> I can make that joke because that's me too. Yes, we talk about it all the time, though. Like we <laughs> were on our walk, and he's like, "I mean, I agree with her. It's true. You know, staying inside is great." <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys playing uh, video games right now? We always play Halo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, on our living room, big television, we'll take turns because whoever sits with the dog, the dogs can't be just left alone yet. Right. Because they're, they're working dogs. Yes. Oh, and puppies, I guess. Puppies. They're yeah. nine. So, yeah, we have to um, we have to always sit with them. So someone sits with them and plays Halo. We move the Halo from the basement up into the living room so that we could still play. And yeah. Uh, so someone takes Amelia duty and someone takes dog duty. Not how duty. how good are you guys? We're pretty good. Yeah, like top 10%, top 5%? I wouldn't say, I think the phrase pretty good is yeah. just is accurate. The word. I don't think I yeah. could compete with people who are in clans and who practice together and such. But if I was in a clan and I practiced with people, I think I would be really great. Uh-huh. You have all the foundation. You could really take off if you kind of put the time into it. Yeah. yeah which I have no desire to do. I mean, I have like a, a weird side quest desire to do that, but I'm not going to do it. It would just, uh-huh. be, it would not fit in my life in any way. Um, and when I watch really good people like streaming, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, totally. There's like oh, a whole other So quickly, what is happening right now? But yeah. again, if you drill and you like, you know, I I do like to get better, though. I'll do things like, okay, for the next four games, I'm only using the pistol. Yeah. So I just have to get better with the pistol. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. a lot of leadership muscle training to train. in, in it. Well, that's what I was going to ask you is like, what's something you've learned mm. through playing or watching yourself play Halo? I got it. So Justin taught me how to play Halo because no one else ever had. So my friends in high school just draw straws for who has to play with me on their team because I was terrible. <laughs> right. Um, but he he took me under his wing and he taught me and there were many iterations of that. And I think the biggest thing I've learned is that I have a style and I don't uh-huh. have to do it the way Justin does it because it, he's kamikaze. He's run into the middle of the fight and kill everyone. And right. I'm more stealth, uh-huh. tricks, outsmarting people by doing unpredictable things um, or wacky, weird things. Yeah. I really like playing tricks on people. Um, yes. And he's, that's not something Justin's adept in. 
So it's not something he practices. When he watches me, he's like, whoa, oh. Uh-huh. I didn't even know that gun was in that room. He doesn't pay attention. He's He's got like a tunnel vision, just run to the fight. Yeah, very linear. Right. Whereas yeah. I used to play a lot of more adventure games and, and I'm a completionist, so collecting all the items. So I pay a lot of attention to like very fine detail in the game. And yeah. uh, and so my just my technique is way different. And I will I'll spend time setting up a trap for people. Yeah. So that I can get three kills at once in some really like elegant way. Whereas he'll just run in and be like pow, 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 three kills. But yeah, I can't yeah, yeah. do that. He's like but run in and fun. just pull out your pistol. I'm like, yeah, and then I'll shoot the wall because I'm too flustered by the three guys that are running at me. Yeah. So I know I know my strength and I know what I know what hinders my ability to play well. So I don't put myself in situations that I know are going to hinder my ability. And if he's sitting next to me, he'll be like, right, guy behind you. Like, I know the guy's behind me. I am Shut up. doing something. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. I'm doing We're something. We're kind of brewing a plan here. Right. Or he'll see yeah. something I'm doing. He's like, why did you do that? And it's so hard to explain what I was attempting to set up. Yeah. And he'll think it's ridiculous until he sees me achieve something like that. And then he's just like, Oh, Err. which is a lot so how of did, leading with people who have a different leadership style than me. Well, it's, yeah, I was going to ask like, so how does that, how does that relate or teach you or what do you like pertain well, to leadership? I remember. So, so Justin and uh, Christopher are very similar in a lot uh-huh. of ways. So when I led a program with Christopher, who is um, historically, or just like well-known as someone who can't follow the timeline and just needs to run right in and handle whatever's the biggest fire in the room and, and do deep work with people. Even if there's five tools we're supposed to be learning right now, (laughs) right. What he does. So when you lead with Christopher, there is no timeline, you know? Um, and he likes to go fast. And if stuff isn't going fast enough, he's like, let's speed this thing up. So very similar to the way Justin plays Halo. Right. Go, 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 go. And I remember once I was leading with him and one of the participants was upset with me because of an, a communication I had sent out over the course of the month and didn't like my language in it or felt something about how I, whatever. So it was clearly my thing to handle in yeah. that moment. And she brought it up and, you know, he started sending me things. This was over Zoom. So he was sending me things in the chat uh, to think about or, or reflecting or training. Yeah. You might and consider just, this. You might point to this. Right. And I yeah. think I just said to him, okay, stop now. I don't need anything else. And I, it took 40 minutes of me just working directly with this woman. And he eventually calmed down and he stopped saying anything to me. And he was just watching. And I was kind of wondering, how am I doing? Because he wasn't saying anything, but I asked him not to. Yeah. He, we got done and he comes off mute and he just goes, wow, Michelle just gave us a masterclass in patience. Uh-huh. And I was like, I did? Okay. That's just how I coach. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh-huh. Didn't think um, there was, I didn't know there was other options. Right. Yeah. Right. That the bulldozy thing, I'm going to call it a, um, it's not even a judgment, but like he has a bulldozy energy that I think yeah. is really active and really cool when with, with the, the right person. And, you know, it can be so amazing and I, I can't emulate it. If I try, yes. I, I fail. Cause I'm not him and I can't do that. And so I think uh-huh. the biggest thing I got out of the years of halo with my husband is that I'm not him and he's going to have advice for me. And he's going to have a way he thinks that I could, I should do things because it's the way he does it. And that doesn't mean that I should do that. Uh-huh. 
I've learned that with like my parents too. Yeah. Like, cause our parents are, are like, especially tricky for this. Cause they're very adjacent to us, you know, like we inherited a lot of their stuff, but we're still our own unique person. And like in my family, my, my, the like sort of, uh, I guess upbringing or way of being about money and work was like, get a job, work really hard in the job, put your head down, dedicate yourself, blah, 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 blah. And so both my parents were very much like that. And my brother very much like that. And like probably the best of all of us at doing that. But that while I was able to like do that, you know, like I could do that good. It wasn't actually who I was, which is classic survival mechanism. Like survival mechanism is our zone of excellence where we can do it well, but we don't actually like it. It's kind of draining. And it took a long time to realize like, oh, all of the stuff they say about like, well, you should like play safe and like be a lawyer and pay down all your debt. And then you could consider being a coach. Like that's absolutely the wrong thing for me to do. It's yeah. not that they're wrong because it's right for them, but in terms of me taking it on, that's completely the wrong path to take. Yes. And that has been like hard to learn. It takes a lot of time and trust in ourselves to discover that. Got to swing out. Uh, the the weird thing is, uh, it's not weird at all, actually, because my mom was like that with me and always trying to like bring it down. I just did a whole, yeah. I did a half hour solo podcast on Monday talking about how she would just try to dampen whatever I was doing. Cause she was scared yeah. and how Justin has been trying to encourage me to get a full-time job recently. Right. <laughs> right. Like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. That would, that would not work for me. My fear speaks to that very rarely these days, but when it does, I'm pretty quick to be like, dude, you, what are you even talking about? Yeah. You don't know me. It turns out. Yeah. One of the things I've been learning from video games lately is I play a lot of ranked ranked play. And in the early days I was playing that because I wanted to like be the best. So I wanted to like get to the highest rank and, um, and like you, I like to improve. Like for me, it's not, it's not really fun if I just plateau and stay at the same place forever, because then I'm, I don't know, like I feel stagnant. Just masturbating at that point. Yeah. Although I don't even want to denigrate it that way. It's like, if people want that, that's fine. You know, some people are content to just go out, play pickleball, play badminton, play street fighter. And I'm like, power to you, but that's just not me. I want to like always be moving. That's probably why you and I are coaches. Mm -hmm. We're driven to like go beyond. And, uh, so what would happen is I'd get super attached to like the number or the, the title or whatever the thing was. And I would like, kind of get to this point and then I would start to like avoid playing certain people because I was going to lose to them and that might cost me a rank and all of that. And so it was very significant. And what I've learned kind of as I've developed myself and, and grown and then also continue to play these games is like these days, the relationship I have to a ranked setting is quite different, which is just like, that's just a good way to play people at my level, which will create the most fun, challenging experience. Yeah, You want people on your level. Yeah. And then whatever happens to the rank, I largely ignore like, and I hold it now like, Oh, I've moved from like diamond down to platinum or whatever the thing is okay, that's fine. I'm going to find my way back up. I got there once. It'll, it'll mm-hmm. come back up. The trend is going upwards because I'm 
focused on like, what is there to do? How do I play better? What, and, but most importantly, <clears throat> I'm really enjoying the game, regardless of what that title says. Yeah. And that I notice makes me vastly better Yeah, because I'm better able to learn. I'm better, like I'm more open to what's happening. I can breathe instead of being completely contracted around like, fuck, I have to win this or, you know, I don't know. People won't like me, I guess, or <laughs> so that's been like a cool, um, it's like part discovery. Cause I think it's come out of the work I've been doing in the rest of my life. And then also yeah. it's been a way to practice working with that. How does it relate to like how, who and how you are as a coach? Uh, as a leader. Uh, so well, for one, like I've got my master certified, my master certified coach. Yeah. My MCC as do you. And I'm also watching Bay go through that process herself and I'm watching her really struggle yeah. in it. And so she submits a call and it's not like good or it's worse than the last one. Then it's very significant and that's okay. It's her process. Yeah. But for me going through that process was not easy because it's never easy getting feedback and like yeah. trying to implement something new when you have a system, you know, kind of works at one level, that's all tough. But what was really simple for me was like, my attitude was just like, I'm going to record this call and I'm going to submit it. And I don't care if it's a good call or a shitty call or whatever, I'm just going to keep sending these away and I'm going to trust in the process mm -hmm. rather than this individual call needing to be mm -hmm. good or bad. And so like, I guess this is just an, another place in my life where this is happening. But then again, we're leaders everywhere. Like I'm much better equipped to allow my process to unfold. And then as a coach, I'm much better equipped to allow my client's process to unfold. Mm. You know, if they show up on a call and they're like, I don't have a coaching request. And I don't feel like anything needs to shift. And I feel great. That used to be so stressful for me. Yeah. So I was like, Oh fuck, I'm not doing my job. I'm not going to get earned. I'm paid. They're not going to keep hiring me, you know, whatever. Right. Now I can start to hold that a little more like, oh, this is a beautiful place for them to be in their process. Yeah. This is exactly where there is to be. I love that thing that you say of um, what art can I create with this? Uh-huh. I feel like that's a major talking point, at least the Adam Quiney in my head. It's one of his major talking points. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. He puts a lot of effort into trying to live that way. I forget it a lot. Yeah. Me too. It's what miserable to forget, huh? <clears throat> it's what? Miserable, miserable, you say? Yeah, when you forget. Yeah, it's tough. One of my teachers says, uh, she says, like, forgetting is so beautiful because remembering is so oh, beautiful. Oh, that's good. And so we have to forget in order to remember. And so, of course, when we're in the process <laughs> of forgetting, we don't have that. You know, Shut we're up. just like, fuck. Shut the fuck up, your teacher who said that. Uh -huh. Wow. Kato is her name. Huh. Yeah, that's a beautiful reminder. There it is again. But like, it's a nice way to hold it. Yeah. I have, it's funny because it's parallel or rhymes with, or uh -huh. maybe doesn't rhyme with this, uh, that Carrie Zurier said to me recently. She said, the issue is that you're addicted to the adrenaline of coming back after having gotten off course. Uh -huh. So then is the implication there that you're, you're kind of stuck to going off course as a result or that you I go off course and I can't let yourself the be there. I create uh -huh. off course. So as to feel the adrenaline of coming back over and over. Right. And I could also imagine that would make it hard 
when you're off course to let yourself be off course because you're yeah, attached no, to I, like, I got to get hate, back. I hate being off course. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah. My coach reminded me, she was acknowledging me at the end of one of our calls as she does at the end of all of our calls. And she was sharing like, you know, the, the only way to discover your path is to get off of it and then find that out and then find yes. your way back. And so even when we're off our path, we're actually on our path. That has to be a part of it. And okay. I try to, that one's a hard one for me to remember too. It's a bit like a mantra. Ugh. Okay. I'm thinking about the woods because I go to the woods every day and there's all these paths that you could take and some are paved, some are mowed and uh-huh. some are um, dangerous. Uh-huh. Right on the technical. edge. Yeah. More technical. That's, yeah. that's today. I, I got to this point beyond which I've never gone before because there's a lot of brush and clearly they have not cleared it so that anybody could go this way. So it probably doesn't lead to anything, uh-huh. um, but I always turn around and don't go through. And today I literally like pushed through all of this vegetation and like had to duck underneath things to get through this thing just yeah. to find out indeed it gets to this point where you can't really walk there anymore though. Now I'm like, I wonder if you could, I wonder if I could, I was watching the video and I'm like, could I though? I feel like I'd need equipment. I feel like I would need walking sticks and like shoes with grippies or uh-huh. something. To get Stuff to protect your legs from ticks. Well, n- not even that, just to be able to stay on the side of a, of like a hill that's I see. Yeah. dropping off into water if you slip. Right, yeah. right. As re- genuinely dangerous. Yeah, actually dangerous. Yeah. Um, and I'm like alone in the woods in the middle of nowhere at 6 a.m. So uh-huh. yeah, probably shouldn't do that. I attempted to climb a very steep incline today with my dog. And when I turned around and saw that my dog was on her belly sliding, I was like, Hey, we tried something. It was too hard, but you know what? I'm really glad we tried because every time I come here, I look at that and go, I want to go that way. Am I just, am I just being like cowardly by not trying? So I was invigorated by trying and I, I, I see so much metaphor in the, in the forest. Like the fact that I don't like the paved road at all. I'm like, ew, I don't mm. even like the mode, the mode grass, like through the field. I'm like, mm, boring. Uh-huh. Also your feet get really wet on the dew that's on the grass. And then your shoes are like soaked. I hate, yeah. I hate that. I'd rather walk in dirt and like tree roots and inclines and feel yeah. like I'm, I'm really in the forest right now. I'm not in this like man-made, it is a man-made situation either way there's little trail markers yeah but it feels there's degrees to it yes and and like the more the more difficult it seems the more i want to take that path which is how i am in life Uh uh-huh yeah perfect metaphor isn't it yeah i that that notion of like uh taking the path because now that loop's kind of closed a little bit like it's not there it's so funny when i read books i'll Sometimes I'll skip like to the next paragraph because I'm like, I kind of understand. Yeah, I got the gist of what's happening here. Okay, I don't need to read the last three words or something. But it's really funny because sometimes I'll do that and I'll keep reading. And then there's this niggling thing in my head that's like, but maybe something important was there. And it just sits there. And eventually sometimes I'll be like, ah, fine, fuck. And I go back and I'm like, I knew it. 
It's just three dumb words. And I go back, but that's so funny how, like, I think that's a great metaphor for how like shortcuts aren't shortcuts. Yeah. You know, like our impatience pushes us forward. And, and this is my favorite thing about the work you and I are engaged in is that the grand shortcut of life is letting go of there being a shortcut. Because then you don't skip over your path. You actually are in your process. Yes. And then the irony of that is because we live in a world that is so fixated on trying to create these shortcuts, not surrendering that there's no shortcut, letting go of that actually ends up being a shortcut because you don't yeah. take all these detours that don't serve you. That's <laughs> hilarious. Oh, and steady wins the race. That's like, that's right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. If only, if only we had like millions and millions of fables and, and memes that were telling us that, then we would all understand. But alas, <laughs> <laughs> alas, you have to live it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, man. I'm doing a cool thing next week. Then uh, this is like wrap in wrapping up my, yeah. my, I have two guests, three guests coming uh-huh. up. Um, one is the owner of a business that I am a patron of on, and I don't know, I don't even know her name. I just love her lotion mm-hmm. and her company's called Glam Baddie, which I, I just enjoy. And so I reached out to her and she said, yes. And then my friend Paige Wilhide, who is a, was a video producer turned coach like moi and is like now you. doing a show in Edinburgh, Edinburgh, um, uh, in the, festival or whatever she's got a fringe yeah so she's a comedian and she's she has a thing called breakup addict so she's doing that right now she's coming on next week and then my new friend from twitter wes who just registered for the coach training program sweet uh so we're gonna do an episode now and then we're gonna do one after he graduates oh that's gonna be so good right i've never done that with anyone i like i i said to him i'd usually bring people on who have achieved big things and not that you've not achieved anything cool, but like you're right on the precipice of a big leap. And I think it would be really cool to talk to you about where you're at right now. And then after you've done a year of being a coach and doing the program, and then we, then we just circle back Uh, Uh totally down. So we're doing that in a week. That's going to be so before he starts his program. Yes. So much value in that. Like, I, I, I want to, that's something I want to do in the forge is capture somehow how people are showing up prior. I mean, we do this in accomplishment coaching, but like capture the way people are showing up prior and then afterwards so they can see the change and how stark it is. I just thought of that. Like, what if we recorded entrance interviews before the program and then did an exit one uh and then they can have that. Yeah. And you could use that for testimonials too, which is like, cause that stuff is just, it, 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 we can only get it. We can only grasp it so well intellectually, but to actually experience it, it's like, well, I don't have words for it. It's incredible. There aren't, I mean, some of the people on the last day of the program, I just weep looking Uh just the vast difference in how they show up and hold themselves and relate to themselves and talk about their life is like, Uh yeah, it's amazing. It's magic. Uh huh. Indeed. Indeed, it is. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Adam. This is fun. This went quick, hey? Yeah, it's like it's all of our conversations. Yeah. I was like, oh, we're already at eight or nine or whatever. Oh, we're already, okay. Well, that went quick.
Our, our one hour conversations feel like five minutes to me. Totally. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, we're halfway through. Oh yeah. man, it's 10 too. Yeah, like, so I can't bring up any new do. topics. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a treat. Thanks for having me on, Michelle. I love you. Yeah. Love you too. Mm. Where should people look for you? Where do you exist? Well, I exist on Facebook and LinkedIn. Then go to those places. My website, adamquiney.com is a good place to, to see me. And then the probably the easiest because they're listening to podcasts. If they're listening to this is I have a podcast called the transformational leader, which is short episodes, usually 20 to 30 minutes, just where I'm deconstructing leadership and taking, you know, like the obvious sort of meme about leadership, like a leader always eats last. And then looking at how, like how there's a deeper level of leadership below that mm. rather than just following the rule of leadership. So those are probably the best places to, to check me out. Love it. I will link Yo. it all in the description. Cool. 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 <laughs> She's still recording okay. this, guys. The podcast is over. <laughs>